Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 34 of Gaming with Grief. Uh, I'm calling this episode Outer Wilds Ice Hockey. Um, I think I talked about last episode uh, that I was going to be going into games a little bit more deeply, and I've started to do that a little bit. Uh, But before I really get into that, uh, let me just say, if you want to get a hold of me somehow or write me an email, you can go to gwgpodfellows.com at gmail.com write me a link there again if you want me to read it over there i will if you don't want me to read it over there i won't and again this episode hits every monday at 7 a.m uh at www.gamingwithgrief.com you can go there you can leave a comment below the uh video link uh it's a sound claim link as well i'm recording this late on sunday but it will be available again on sunday morning or monday morning at 7 a.m so go there to listen to it uh you know i don't know the like system i'm still doing small slow tweaks to the podcast you should notice a couple this week um and stuff like that so uh yeah um so yeah i'm calling this episode outer wilds ice hockey because i told you that a few episodes ago um or at least for the new year the last episode was that I was going to make changes to the podcast. They were going to be really small at first because I didn't want to overwhelm myself. And I made a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight games. There's another one that's possibly on there, maybe nine, that I'll be covering in greater detail uh, on the podcast as uh, the year goes on. Of course, that list will grow. A lot of these games come out in 2019. I will try to tell you as much information about the game as I can, like who you know, designed it and published it and all that kind of stuff and what platforms it on. Just to let you know, I have uh, a page of notes and a small notebook right now about a game called Outer Wilds, which hit a lot of people's Game of the Year uh, thing last year. Uh, Giant Bomb gave it Game of the Year, um, and a lot of people talked about it. A lot of um, gaming podcasts listened to talked about Outer Wilds. Um, I don't really want to give it too much away because... I will, I will talk about it in depth. I'm several hours into the game, and I want to do a big kind of blowout and just do like a spoiler cast and talk about the game. So what I'm going to do is break that episode up into you know, my impressions when I think of it, uh, a little bit more in depth than I'm going to do right now, and then I'll do like a spoiler cast. Um, it'll all be the same episode. I'm hoping to have the whole episode be about the Outer Wilds. Um, I don't know when that's coming. It'll probably be in the next few weeks, but I do promise that I'm doing it. That was uh, my one New Year's resolution was to just make the podcast better and stuff like that, besides uh, being a better husband and things like that. Everybody makes those and everybody makes fun of them, but I think deep down we all try. You know, like even if you go to the gym for the first three or so years, you gave it a shot, man, or woman. I don't know who's out there, but you tried. And I think, you know, it, it sounds dumb, but just putting a foot forward and giving it a shot you know, means a world of difference to people, you know. So, yeah, this week the episode is called Outer Wilds Ice Hockey. And uh, because I've been playing the Outer Wilds, just a quick thing, it's on Game Pass. Uh, it's developed by a developer who is now escaping me that I can't see on my notes. But it's a small independent studio, I know that. I know Annapurna published it. They have a small gaming publishing arm, I guess it would be called. And... Um, it's a first-person exploration game 
where you play a race of creature that has been sent out to explore space. Uh, you can talk to people. Everything is text-based. Um, there's obviously 3D graphics. Uh, you don't see your face unless... I don't think you even look in a mirror. Long story short, you're walking around exploring a planet you're on, and you find out that your people can explore space. You get an in very rickety spaceship that is made of wood and tape, and you go off into the galaxy. And the only thing I'm going to spoil about this game is that something happens in the game... And a time loop starts. It is not represented on screen. You just know that about every 22 minutes, uh, the sun that is orbiting your planet and a bunch of other small planets you can go to, I think there's six planets all together, goes supernova, and you wake up at the beginning of the game. The only reason I'm telling you this, and may spoil some of the surprise, is that a lot of people I've heard in a lot of podcasts got frustrated with the fact that you know the game starts over. And I kind of, because people told me that, uh, I was kind of, one, you know what to expect. So I was kind of excited about it because it's like, okay, I have to I have to be diligent about my time. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, how do you move forward in the game because uh, everything resets in 22 minutes? Well, everything you learn in the game and every piece of data you uncover, you have devices that record them and your ship keeps a log. So when the game starts over, your ship, your ship has kept a log of everything that you've seen and done. Uh, it has photos from planets you've been to and things like that. And it will display everything in like a grid. So you know in a way that you can, uh, you know, you, you can go through and read. And it does a good job of telling you, hey, you've been to this moon or planet. There's more to look at there. Go back there, which I really, really appreciated. Um, a lot of people that I listen to and respect said the game was a little bit aimless. And I think it is, but I think that's by design. Because there's these things pulling you in different directions. Like uh, when you're on your planet exploring, uh, you run into a woman that was part of a band on your planet. And she made instruments for people. And you have a device that can hear sound. And if you point the device out into space, sometimes you will hear instruments. So it's a thing that, you know... Hey, maybe some of your friends are out there in space, maybe waiting for somebody to pick them up. Long story short, it's on Xbox Game Pass. If you have Xbox Game Pass, I definitely recommend picking up. I do know it's coming to PlayStation 4. In fact, I don't know the time of writing right now if it's on PlayStation 4 or not. I did hear a press release or read a press release or hear about a press release that said it was coming to PlayStation 4. I don't know about the Nintendo Switch. I do know that it's on PC, um, I believe. So check it out. It's called Outer Wilds. Uh, not to be confused with another game with a very similar name, which I won't mention so you won't get them confused. But check out Outer Wilds. Uh, again, it's like a first-person exploration game where you're kind of exploring your planet, several planets in space. Uh, yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is something that got sent to me on Twitter, which is the company just, uh, I think it was Digirati, Digirati was the company. I think I'm saying it correctly. It was, um, there was a guy, uh, his I think his name was uh, Louis Lemke. Uh, he was one apparently who developed the game. The game is called Super Blood Hockey. It is a eight bit, violent like NES old school, uh, beat 'em up slash hockey game. Um, I did several exhibition games, so it's just not well not ex- exhibition games, just a just a like a free play game. So I played 
four times. Uh, you can set this the the uh, what team you want to play. Different uh, different hockey players have different stats. So you have like an enforcer. You have like a sniper. All this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you can set that before you play. Uh, I think you can play four players co-op, and you can also play. Um, I think online, but I haven't tried to hook that up yet to play that. So, um, long story short, uh, it is just an 8-bit NES hockey game, but it is very bloody. When I picked it up, it was $4.50 on the eShop. It was some kind of holiday sale that they were promoting the game. And i got to say, it's really fun. Although I put it on medium in Russia... I've been playing against Russia. You can set the team that you're playing and your team. There's just red and blue, but you fly a different flag. Um, and uh, Russia's been beating my butt so far. So uh, medium is actually pretty difficult. I think some of it, too, it's air hockey. You have to hold the button down to charge your shot, to shoot into the goal. Uh, their go- goalie is kind of moving back and forth like a goalie would to kind of watch where you're shooting. And... I think, I don't even know if I've scored a goal yet. I just know that Russia, in about the first period, which I set the periods at three minutes, so it's usually within the first minute of the match, has already scored about four goals. Yeah. So I'm really bad at the game. But it's really fun. It's this 8-bit, you know, you hit someone, pixelated blood flies off them, and they get up, and then they kind of, they're late. And then if a fight breaks out, which it does sometimes, and whoever the last man standing is, Whoever was beat down on the ground first, that's how you get a power play in hockey, meaning uh, you have to take you know, someone off the, the, the field. Uh, and then one player, I think in this one you, it's 4v4 four, four four because obviously the screen's a lot smaller. So when it's a power play, it's 4 versus 3. It's really fun. There's a franchise mode where you can actually pick your team, level up your guys. There's an 8-bit animated scene where your guys lift weights and they shower. Your coach watches them. He takes notes on them, uh, and you play a whole tournament. So it, it's a really in-depth game. I definitely recommend. I looked up before I started recording the podcast. It's on, um, it's on PS4, Xbox, and I got it on the Switch. Like I said, it was four dollars and fifty cents. It's called Super Blood Hockey. Check it out. It's uh, just comically violent and silly. And I love it. And Russia is difficult in that game. So just to let you know, there is kind of a difficulty spike. Um, let's see what else I got in my notes. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm playing more Sekiro. I know you were waiting to hear if I was playing more Sekiro. I think I said in the last uh, episode that I was going to talk about it longer or like do an in-depth thing. And I think I might move it to the list of the games I want to talk about more kind of in-depth, my big spoiler cast games, because... The more I play this game, the more videos I watch online, uh, the more things I see in the game. Uh, From Software does a good job of like world building. So this is probably um, not the best world building they've done, but maybe the most straightforward. I might have mentioned that in a past podcast. But what I like about it is there's just enough. You think the story is going one direction, and there's just enough off in the game it makes you kind of question what you're seeing or things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it it just keeps piquing my interest, you know. Plus, I think, like, any game of skill, like any kind of video game that isn't kind of like a mindless shooter, we've all played games that we're really good at where you may be 100% something. But I think Friend Software does a good job of, 
like the more and more you do in the game and the more and more confident you feel, uh, you just keep poking forward and kind of poking forward and kind of like you get this skill set and the game makes you more confident, which is one thing uh, that I think From Software does kind of better than anybody. You know, it's it's you could say the world's obtuse, that it's too difficult. Sometimes you don't know where to go. But I think that idea of like when you beat a boss or I beat a mini boss, um, all that kind of stuff just leads into you just being a better and better player. Um, and also, I think I mentioned it before, but it kind of sets the bar for other games. So there's been other games where I've been frustrated with and I've died. And uh, you think, oh, man. And, and From Software is definitely one of those games where you die over and over and over again. And uh, what I find really interesting about it is I don't get as angry about dying in other games now because uh, I've completed Demon Souls. I never played them, and I think I spent about 75 hours in it. And um, it's just one of those things where I get those games make me angry when I die, and you want to learn the skill set, you want to be as good as possible. When I'm playing other games, I kind of gauge it against Demon Souls, or at least other from software titles like Bloodborne or. Um, uh, Dark Souls and say, well, you know, it's not Dark Souls. It's not Demon Souls. I'm doing all right. I've only died four times, not 12. So it kind of contextualizes those kind of games for me. And uh, it kind of makes you look at other games differently. Not to say that other games are worse. Like, I try not to play, you know, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and say, oh, man, this game isn't Dark Souls. This is ridiculous. I don't do any of that. What I think is you definitely appreciate that kind of design, I think, when you play other games. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I will be talking about it in depth because there's so much online and people have pulled so much from the lore and obviously my uh, podcast about dealing with grief and dealing with games, you know, uh, Sekiro, the big topic of that game is death and what death does to people around you and how it affects people around you and how it affects you and the people that you, you know, you serve someone in the game and how you serve them and how they view themselves so I think it would kind of be pretty much on brand for the uh, the podcast. So I, I definitely want to um, talk about it more, and I will. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. Uh, I'll put it on the list, but none of the none of the games that I have and the and the games that I've listed are in any kind of order. I've kind of been doing it as time wise. I've heard Outer Wilds isn't that long. There's another one on there that's a little bit shorter. There's one on there that's very long. I'm trying to balance all that stuff because I'm also going through my backlog and kind of trying to pick away games at my backlog um, and kind of complete those. So I'm all kind of trying to do that at once to kind of balance my gaming. I've been reading more, uh, which brings me to my off-topic stuff. Well, not really off-topic. Before I get on that, I'll talk about uh, Dragon Age. Uh, I've been playing the pen and paper stuff. If you guys listen to the podcast... Uh, the three of you out there that are listening to it, you know that I've been uh, playing Dragon Age with friends. I've been running the campaign. I got to do, I think I reported last week, one of the characters got to do their second specialization, which I thought was really neat. They really enjoyed it. The guy said something to me after, which I, th- I think I mentioned, which was he wanted to hang out with the people that trained him longer, which I thought was kind of neat, you know? Um, and then this week, I got to sit down with the other player character. There's three player characters uh, that aren't me. Uh, so I sat down with the second player character and he did his second specialization Uh, he really loved it he thought it was great there was not a lot of combat in it Um, it was just one of those things where 
he was a mage, and if you know Dragon Age at all, mages kind of go into the Fade, which is like the dream world. It's where they get a lot of their ability, but they also have to kind of dance with demons in a way. There's an, there's a, there's a, a chance that they could pretty much be lost to the Fade, um, but he hasn't yet, and he has rolled, and we've watched him roll. He's had some mishaps. You can have some magical mishaps. But to go do training, and he was a mage. He had to go into the Fade. Long story short, it was kind of a mind-bender on purpose. Um, I wanted to really mess with his mind, and uh, I kept uh, repeating scenes to him and things like that. And But he did level up. He did learn a second specialization, and he did... Um, he did... Uh, it seems like I have a really good time. And I think one of the things I've stressed to him and the other people playing is no matter what happens in the game, I will not make you fight a spiders because I hate spiders in all games. I just think... Um, I don't hate spiders in real life. I just think in games sometimes it's like, oh, you see a giant spider. And you're just like, so we really didn't think of this part at all. We just thought we'd make people uh, fight spiders. That's cool. No, it's not. I don't really like spiders. So... Not a big fan of spiders in games. Um, I think that's about it for what I've been playing uh, this week. But I'll get to the off-topic stuff, which I'm, I'm making a note right now. Uh, some other stuff I forgot to mention. Um, I've been reading more this year. I know it's only January, but I've, I've made it a point to read more this year. My uh, amazing wife will probably have on in a week or two because she's been playing a bunch of games. Uh, and she's really enjoying a couple that I want to talk to her about. She's been trying to convince me to play a couple games, and so she's probably she's. Uh, I'm gonna make her plead her case, probably publicly, uh, next week I think, or maybe the week after. But she bought me many books for Christmas, uh, four books actually five. There's a box set of two, and then um, no, actually six books, four actual novels, and two that are like part of a box set. And um, so I, I've read, I've finished one of them, and I started another one. Uh, and uh, I started, I, I read uh, Edward Snowden's book. It's called Permanent Record. Uh, whatever you think about Edward Snowden, you know, you could come down politically differently. You could think he's a traitor. You could think he's a whistleblower. I read his book because he basically, it's a memoir. But, of course, the meat of the book is the reason why he decided to do what he did, turn documents over to the journalists. And uh, no matter what you think about him personally, I think in a great way he lays out what he did and why he did uh, what he did and the reasons he chose to do it in his upbringing and what he thought about uh, government and the Constitution and what he felt about that. So again, I, I recommend it to at least get a different uh, point of view. It's about uh, 336 pages, so it's not really that long. It, and there isn't a lot of dialogue, so it goes kind of at a medium pace. Sometimes when I uh, read books and there's a lot of dialogue, you kind of speed up. It's this natural thing. You hear people talk in your head. Um, at least I do. Uh, there isn't a lot of dialogue in this, so it's kind of a middling pace. Um, but it, it does go very quickly, and he uh, does mention there he tried to do uh, a good job of um, referring to technical terms in a way that you know people could understand because he did actually teach some things when he was working for the government. He taught some classes. Uh, some seminars and he had to teach and he said he enjoyed it in the book and so he said most of some of his career he spent trying to teach people in these incredibly technical terms uh, you know that only um, maybe him or other IT people understand and he's trying to get it to a way that um, you know trying to teach people about what's going on so I, I thought that was very interesting too that it wasn't just a thing of like I'm in this for me screw you like no I want to tell people what's going on 
Um, so that was nice. And uh, the next Octagon thing I want to talk about is the movie that just came out, I think this week. We saw it today, uh, called 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. It's a movie about World War One, And uh, it is... I don't want to give anything away, um, but it is amazing. And the only thing I'll say is, and this was in some promotional material I saw uh, when I watched the trailer, um, the whole movie is one single camera shot. So you're following two people through World War One, through the whole movie. And um, my wife said it best when we walked out. Uh, one of the main characters, kind of, uh, without being giving anything away, he kind of, uh, takes a knee kind of at the end I'll say that and my wife uh, when we were leaving she goes when he took a knee that was the only time I could really breathe uh, because you know the camera follows the characters around uh, it is incredibly 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 uh, tense and the even the smallest thing like a rat that they show in the movie is tense because you don't know what's going to happen, and the camera is following them the whole movie. Uh, it doesn't break. It doesn't move from them. And you just get this crazy feeling of intimacy that I don't understand how they did it. It's a fully filmed World War One picture with trenches and costumes and weapons from World War One and situations. And I'm sure some of it was CG. There's scenes with extras. All that, I don't understand how they did it. I think, I don't know if there's a um, an Oscar or a Golden Globe or an award for um, planning or production, which I guess that would be production. I think this movie definitely has a shot at winning one of those awards, if it's a true thing. So, um, yeah, go see 1917. I know a lot of people have a very impressive sound system nowadays, and their TV is... You know, most people's TVs are pretty big nowadays. Um, so I can't tell you to just go see it in the theaters, but I would recommend with a professional sound system and a large screen to go see it in theater because there's a lot of war movies nowadays on this big grand scale, you know. So uh, I definitely recommend going to see 1917. And uh, I think with that, that is going to be the end of the show. Um, again, this will this podcast will hit Monday. At 7 in the morning at www.gamewithgrief.com. Don't forget to leave a comment below the video, or you can write to me at uh, gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Write me there and I'll read it over the air. If you don't want me to read it, I won't. Again, um, you know, be safe out there, guys, and, uh, or, and ladies. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a sexual preference, that's fine too. Just uh, be safe. You know, don't hurt anybody and don't hurt yourself. And, uh, yeah. So have a good week, and I will talk to you guys next week.